This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. This is Peter and Tricia welcoming you today to Great News and God's Views, a half-hour weekly broadcast on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. We can be contacted by email at greatnews376 at gmail.com. That is greatnews376 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Our opening theme today is Celebrating Our Success. Celebrating Spiritual Success. One thing that Christians need to learn to do is celebrate. After a promotion, a championship or an award, people celebrate. We refer to Luke chapter 15. And when he come home, he calleth together his friends and neighbours, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. Another instance. When she's found it, she called her friend and neighbours together, saying, Rejoice with me, I have found the piece of money which I had lost. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this my brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is now found. Too often believers fail to celebrate the goodness of God's blessing. No, this is not the time to stop pressing on, but Christians can learn to celebrate along the way. When Paul and his colleagues wrote the believers at Thessalonica, the first chapter was a celebration in prayer. Though they couldn't be present physically, they were present spiritually, and the apostles celebrated the past advance and the future potential of the Thessalonian believers. We read from 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because though your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions, and tribulation that ye endure. Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfil all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Celebrate spiritual success by thanking God for spiritual advance. In the past, Paul had been concerned about the Thessalonian believers. His first letter to them revealed that concern. Since then, reports had come back regarding their spiritual progress. This second letter was a celebration. As always, Paul was eager for his fellow believers to experience the grace and peace of God. Beyond that, however, there was already pause to thank God. The first cause for celebration was the Thessalonians' exceptional growth in faith. 
The first report Paul received from the church told of a puny and feeble people. Paul had admitted to the Thessalonians that he wanted to see them again so that he might supply what was lacking in their faith. But now in the most recent report, how they had matured. Paul felt compelled to thank God for the growth spurt of faith. The second cause for celebration was the Thessalonians' increasing love for one another. The last time Paul had written to them, he'd prayed that the Lord would make their love increase and flow overflow. That prayer had been realised. Nothing cheered the apostles more than to see their spiritual children grow in faith and increasing in love. There was a third cause for celebration. In fact, Paul and company not only thanked God, but boasted to all the churches about the perseverance the Thessalonians had demonstrated through their most recent trials. They'd kept their confidence in Christ. It was appropriate to celebrate spiritual success by petitioning God for spiritual potential. Still, Paul was not satisfied. The future promised further challenges for the Thessalonians. They'd not yet realised their full potential. With God's help, they would. So Paul prayed for three things. First, Paul petitioned God for the Thessalonians' ultimate spiritual witness. He wanted to see them live up to their calling as Christians. Not all believers lived lives worthy of Christ's name. The apostles prayed that the Thessalonians would. Second, Paul petitioned God for the Thessalonians' ultimate spiritual enablement. He wanted God to empower them to fulfil all their commitments to Christ. Finally, Paul petitioned God so that the Thessalonians might glorify the Lord Jesus and be glorified in him. Only the grace of God could accomplish all this, but still that was their spiritual potential. As Paul wrote to the believers in Thessalonica, his expectations for them had changed. They had grown in faith, increased in love, and persevered in trials. That was cause to thank God. The celebration was well begun. But the battle was not over yet. To fulfil their potential, they still needed a divine dose of God's grace to live worthy of their Christian calling, to carry out their Christian commitments, and to glorify God. Our first music today, Blessed Assurance. The author, Fanny Crosby, is heralded as one of the world's most prolific and talented hymn composers. She was visiting her friend Phoebe Knapp at the Knapp home was having a large pipe organ installed. The organ was incomplete, so Mrs Knapp, using the piano, played a new melody she just composed. When Knapp asked Crosby, what do you think the new tune says, Crosby replied, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine.
You are listening to Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. We continue with Jesus Shall Reign. This reflects an 18th century vision of the world church. Rooted in the language of Psalm 72, Isaac Watts, who died in 1748, paraphrased this psalm in a way that reflected the political situation in England and the rise of the British Empire. At the time of Watts' birth, churches in England sang only metrical psalms. By the time of his death, he planted the seeds of a much more complex hymn writing. The 600 hymns found in the seven collections made the transition from rigid metrical psalms to freer theologically based hymns. Jesus Shall Reign Filling the God-shaped void It's been suggested that each of us has a God-shaped void within us that nothing else will satisfy other than the presence of God. Zacchaeus was a perfect example of this. We read from Luke chapter 19, beginning at verse 1. 
And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him, and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. If I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said to him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he is also is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. There's a universal search for meaning to fill a void. A study by the Ministry of Health found that our university students drink nearly 9 million cans of beer and enough wine and liquor to bring their annual consumption of alcohol beverages to 147 litres per person. University students suffer from a more fundamental malaise than alcohol and drug abuse. Their lives are meaningless. We're living in the midst of a spiritual crisis of unprecedented proportions. Our nation has lost its way. We suffer from meaningless, which in turn leads to separation, alienation, and ultimately to despair. The same is true of much of Europe and the Middle East. There is no sense of community, and as one German Lima commented, the spectre of nihilism looms over us. God wants to bring meaning to our lives. Though we think we are searching for meaning, it's really God who does the searching. The Bible records God's search for mankind. He called Abraham from Ur of the Chaldees. He came to Isaiah in the temple. He came to Hosea in his marital tragedy. He came to Amos on the hills of Tekoa. He came to Samuel as a boy in the temple, and today God finds us. Our search is so scattered. Life is not a search for Easter eggs. Perhaps we should be still unknown in order to be found. Finding God's meaning for us makes a radical change in life. When Jesus wanted a disciple, he didn't say, come and get something, or look at how I have this to give you. He made remarkably few promises. There was much to be done and rarely a word about anything to be had. There was not so much a bounty to be grasped as a hurdle to be leaped and a road to be travelled. Meaning comes not in getting but in doing. Zacchaeus does not enter the Christian life by negotiating a contract. He had immediately saw his task, feed the hungry and set the record straight. The prodigal in Luke 15, should have returned to the far country, set the record straight and balanced the books of those he damaged. Zacchaeus, in searching for himself, determined it was futile, but when he was found, he discovered also his neighbour. We continue great news and God's views with How Deep the Father's Love. This is the first traditional hymn-like song written by Stuart Townend, which expressed what it cost the father to have his son suffer on the cross. Stuart Townend was born in 1963. Son of a Church of England vicar in Halifax, West Yorkshire, he was the youngest of four children. 
He started to play the piano at the age of seven and at the age of 13 made a Christian commitment and began songwriting at age 22. He writes in the tradition of the 17th century hymnist Isaac Watts and his successors. How deep the father's love. We continue Great News and God's Views with When I Survey the Wondrous Cross by Isaac Watts, one of the greatest English hymn writers of all time, composed this beautiful hymn. 
when I survey the wondrous cross. This is Peter and Tricia thanking you for joining us today for Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. 89.0 is live streamed from freefm.org.nz or tune in and now on Amazon Echo devices using the Free FM 89 Alexa skill. We would love to hear your comments on this show. We can be contacted by email at greatnews376 at gmail.com. That is greatnews376 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Our closing music today, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs will bear. What a privilege to come, everything.
Episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.